Welcome to Pivotal Pop, a music podcast hosted by three pop misfits where we break down and tear apart albums that were pivotal in artists' careers and give you our own personal take on how we thought the album rollout should have gone. The Spice Girls' legacy is one that still upholds to this day and today we delve into an album that cemented them as icons and also one that solidified them as the hitmakers we know them as today. Pivotal Pop with Xander, Ed and Hayden. Hello, my boys. How are we going today? Hi, Dad. Oh, not again. You <laughs> called me Dad early, you bastard. <laughs> You're both How can my you be dads. calling him Dad when I'm clearly the oldest by about 15 years? <laughs> You're, and I'm the youngest You're both looking. my dads. <laughs> <laughs> How dare. How dare. Uh, well, I mean, technically, I could be a dad because the album we are doing today um, it was out when I was born. Uh, it wasn't when Hayden was born, I do not think. No, it was. It oh. was. I was a mere one year old. Oh my god! Oh, but not for I the was debut. I was just about to kill myself if you said you weren't born when this album came out. <laughs> I was in high school. How old were you? Ed? Oh my god! I think I was fourteen when this came oh. out. So, needless to say, my perspective will be a little different from yours. No, I'm I'm so excited because I feel like I I obviously consumed the Spice Girls like after it was shoved in front of Spoiler my face. Alert, by, it like, is my the Spice Girls, cousin. by the way. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Love a big no. reveal. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. I'm excited to hear what you guys, what your personal experiences with the album. I'll just say that. Um, I have a quick question for you guys before we start. I wanted to play a quick game of Fuck Mary Kill. Oh, Ooh. all right. And I've chosen three pop icons which will be Rihanna, Madonna, and Lady Gaga. This... Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to go first. Straight off the bat, I would kill Lady Gaga. I kind of find <gasps> her insufferable in interviews. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I'd fuck Rihanna because I just think she would be great in the sack, and I'd marry Madonna because I actually think behind all the TikTok videos and the weird shit, she's a really smart person. I um I can't kill Lady Gaga. I think I'll marry Lady Gaga. It'd be nice to be surrounded by a genius yeah. um, for the rest of my life. I, I think I also would uh, have to have sex with Rihanna because, <laughs> like, it's she just would be so good at it. Like, yeah. I, I think she would peg me. That's that's how I imagine yeah. the sex happening. And so you're, um, you're and then I have to Madonna. kill Madonna. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But I um I very much I'm aware that that's controversial, and I apologize to the older gays that are listening to the podcast. <laughs> I will marry Rihanna because she's a billionaire. Idiots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will uh, fuck Lady Gaga um, because she has that song Sex Dreams and that makes me horny. Um, and <gasps> I'm going to have to kill Madonna because I think out of the three of them, uh, <laughs> she's gone off the rails the most. <laughs> and that's yeah. too much crazy th- for me. I reckon, like, you guys have had too much time in your lives with a proportion of Madonna being a nut job. Like, mm, you know, yeah. back in the 80s and 90s, oh, my God, she was just Well, iconic. I was a young lad in the 90s, and I do remember her heyday. I was around for Frozen. It was my favourite song at the time. Ooh. But speaking of 90s icons, today the Spice Girls Hayden is bringing us Spice World. Now, I have to mm. say, I had not listened to some of these songs in... I reckon a decade, honestly. I'd forgotten That's that most insane. of them had existed. And uh, it reminded me that um, they aren't as 
juvenile as I remembered them to be. Ooh. Well, this was their like, this was their moment to really solidify who they were. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think that that ju juvenile energy kind of did come with the first album, but this album was the moment for them to be like, oh, we're sticking around and we know what we're doing. Spoiler alert, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same as you. Excuse you. I, um, yeah, I came back to it for the first time in ages as well. I think it's just because it's so overplayed at the time. It just, I don't know, like every, like we for later but so many good songs but just not something i'd sit down and listen to and for are you guys serious i listen to this album i reckon regularly throughout my life like there is not a point when i'm not listening to <laughs> the spice girls well except <laughs> when you're researching albums for the other episodes for this podcast though right true 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 true, true. of course of course <laughs> of course well researched um interestingly guys we are actually recording this podcast today a day before the 25th anniversary of Spice World. I literally, and this wasn't planned either. This is purely by coincidence. And we discovered this the other day. No, I can't believe it. I'm like, I can't believe it. It's 25 years old. I know. That's crazy. It's like, Guys, that's a third of the age of Ed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Ed is, is now making jokes about himself and it's not just me bullying him the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Bullies, that's crazy though. Twenty-five years. I know, but it just shows how much um, relevance they still hold because we're still here talking about them. Exactly, and the music hasn't aged a fucking day. Okay, so I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was really nervous bringing this album to the table because this is my favorite album of all time. I think that out of Every sort of like LP I've consumed in my life, this thing has like meant the most. It's hit the hardest. It's been listened to the most. I remember as a kid, I like every time I walked into a HMV or a Sanity, I would literally buy it. So I ended up with multiple <laughs> copies of Spice World at home because I just was obsessed with like all the colors on the cover and these girls. And like, I just, and, and then every time I walked into a CD shop that like since as like, since I was a child, I would go to the S section in the pop music section and just look to see if the Spice Girls are there. And to this day, I still do that every time I walk into JB Hi-Fi. I'm like, are the Spice Girls here? Yes, they are good. I'm glad. Someone I can't can buy this believe today. that your uh, parents let you pay for a new CD each time. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but it's, um, I, I also like, I made the distinctive choice to bring Spice World to the table and not Spice because I think that the context for Spice World is like a lot more interesting for an album to be birthed out of. Mm. So for context in 1997, the Spice Girls were like bigger than anything in the world, truly anything in the world. They had sold 23 million copies from their debut album. Um, and Which keep in is mind, unheard this was like, of for like almost any artist as well. Truly, like, like it's one of the best selling albums of all time. No one saw this coming. Like pop was like dying in Britain at the time. Um, every single single that they had released went to number one. Their books went to number one. Their videos went to number one. Like, like it seemed like they were truly just this unstoppable force in nature. Girl power was also becoming this like slogan that like kids were saying at school. Mm. Speaking of kids, these kids were like playing Spice Girls at lunch. They were like, you know, assigning who is who and like aligning their characteristics, blah, blah, blah. Like they were, they weren't just a band. They were truly just like, ubiquitous and everywhere and ingrained in the culture and suddenly like 
these companies and these people with money like wanted in. So that's the context that Spice World is born into mm. because in 1997, this album was made, but it was also made in conjunction with a fucking feature film that was debuted in Cannes. And it was made in conjunction with a PlayStation game that came out and made in conjunction with a $100 million Pepsi like um, yeah. campaign and then all of their other like marketing products. And so and it's really interesting. Especially to- including the um, Spice Girls Impulse, which I'm sure you had. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in my other room. I can get it if you want. <laughs> There's actually, I'm going to do a really, a really quick shout out uh, here. There's a company in Australia that make um, like custom candles and they make, they have an yes. Impulse Spice scented one. Yes. They do. I'm waiting for an excuse to buy that for someone. Well, Ed, it's uh, Christmas coming up soon and mine just ran out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to back up everything you just said because I lived this. Um, I was five years old when this album came out and I I just remember the Spice Girls being absolutely everywhere. I was obsessed with them back then. Um, Mm. I haven't had much to do with them in my adult life, except for Victoria Beckham, who has the best solo album out of any of the girls. FYI. Um, <laughs> oh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh yeah, I lived this and I was obsessed with the Spice Girls. You can ask my parents. I had no idea how they didn't know that I was gay. Um, and <laughs> it, you, you honestly, you couldn't escape it. It was on every mm. TV. They were on every magazine. Uh, they were in every shopping center. Like you could not escape the girl power. Um, and, and worldwide. Like you, you literally mm. couldn't go anywhere yeah. without seeing their faces splattered on something. Uh, and it, it hooked me in and I know that it hooked Ed, you, you were 14 around the time this album yeah, came out. F- that's right. 14 years old. And I remember listening to this and you would have thought as a guy pretend, pretending he was straight and you know, like that was about the time that I sort of figured it all out that you wouldn't be boasting about listening to the Spice Girls, but it wasn't a thing back then. Like straight guys listened to it. It was just, just everybody loved it. I'm kind of intimidated to do this album because I want to do it justice. Yeah, I agree. I'm scared. It is interesting that you say that though, Ed, because I um I was watching a documentary about how they were formed and the the manager duo that put them together were very much like, well, the only pop groups that are appealing to teenage girls are boy bands because the like quip is that they're just like thirsty over these like heartthrob mm, boys. Yeah. But if you can somehow appeal to them in like a fun, kitschy way and then also get the boys interested because they're hot, then you'd be <laughs> laughing. And um, yeah. yeah, so it's it's it makes sense that that was the context. I was actually going to say before, the one thing I would have added to your um, intro was that even though they were put together by like a flyer in a street, there was never this uh, kind of X Factor thrown together vibe about them. They always seem like best friends. And I think they kind of escaped that, that formation story. Yeah, for sure. And and like the reason why that is the case is because the way they were put together was like super interesting and it kind of forced them to really band together because they, so for context in like 1994, these five girls, like they, they somehow ended up in like a group through, yeah, as you said, a flyer that said like, are you 18 <laughs> to 23 and have the ability to sing slash dance as yes. if you could like only get away with doing one. Oh, yeah, I was about to say Xander was a shoe in. <laughs> I am 18 to 23 and have the ability to sing slash dance. <laughs> well, come on, Spice Girl. What are you going to be? One of them is a lie. Spice? Guess which one. <laughs> I was well, actually yeah, so, gonna ask like what we thought each other's spice would be. Like what's okay, what spice would I actually be? What do you think? I reckon like chaos spice. Oh yeah. Chaos. 
I see chaos. But like, I mean, it with like you are very passionate. There's a good and a bad thing. Like, you know, you love a you love a good bigger, but you are very passionate about what you do. I think driven spice is the is yeah. The that's probably a nice word. <laughs> yeah, driven, driven spice is a bit boring. I know. That's why. Co- that's why. Um, chaos works. You at least say another fun. c word. <laughs> yeah, cock spice. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what about Hayden? What about sweet sweet spice? Oh, he'd be obsessed oh. spice. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah. Stan Spice. Yeah, I'll cop it. I'll cop it. And just like the deodorant would be Old Spice. Oh, it's got to be nurturing. I think it's Daddy Spice. I really think it's Daddy Spice. Daddy Spice. I'll take it. Oh, my God. Uh, Hilarious. Anyway, uh, look out for the new girl group hitting... Australia yes. Stadium soon. <laughs> I want to bring up uh, where they were at the point of recording this album. Um, so they announced at Cannes Film Festival. Is it pronounced Cannes? Uh, Sorry, yeah, I didn't do that wrong. Con, can. Con. Can. Or Can. Oh, can? Yeah. Can? A little, like I, I actually was in Cannes for a month and they say can, which but no okay, one else says can. that way. Well, I used to think that they used to have the festival in Far North Queensland until uh, up until a few years. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so your stupid spice is what yeah. I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, look, I've never paid any attention. Anyway, that announced at uh, Far North Queensland's Festival of the Year, Cannes Film Festival, um, that they were, in fact, about to shoot a movie also named Spice World, and they simultaneously recorded the album while filming the film, which I think is pretty full-on, if you think mm. about it. They were basically working two full-time jobs, um, mm. like filming this and recording, uh, and most oh, of the and songs, then some. yeah, and then some, and most of the songs were actually recorded literally in trailers, basically on the film set. Mm. Yeah, you know what it is like. It's to me, and this is why I think the album is like so fucking good because, and we can get into this later, but um, I feel like this the music that the Spice Girls makes. Like the the good, like the the best music that the Spice Girls makes are made in a pressure cooker sort of like environment, mm-hmm. and 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 so I think there's a, there was a lot of chaos when they were putting together their debut their debut album, and there was a lot of chaos in making Spice World. Yeah, and I think because there was so much, and they just needed to get shit done, get in the studio and do it. That's why it is just full of that like X fucking factor like sound because. Because every no single choice. song on this album is good. Yeah, you have yeah, no choice. Like you're just you, you like fucking giving it your all. Yeah. You ne- like this is not an album where they made a hundred fucking songs and then picked the best ten. They made yeah. twelve songs. I- I'm glad <laughs> that you insane. brought up the-, the chaos of recording because um they <laughs> they as a band went through a lot of stuff in 1997. Uh, they're having they got mm. so much media attention. Like I said, you- they could not escape the media. It was constantly on them. Um and the group performed for the British Royal Family, um, and they breached pro- uh, royal protocol when Mel B and Jerry planted a kiss on Prince Charles's cheeks and pinched his bottom. Uh, uh, yes. So that was blown up. The group was also criticised in the United States for releasing the second album so soon after the first. Um, mm. And they received further criticism because uh, of the amount of sponsorship deals that they had signed. Uh, they were... There was a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. <laughs> there, there were so many. Uh, I think um, people that probably weren't fans of them were just sick of them because you you couldn't escape yeah. them. 
you literally yeah. that's fair you because turn a corner. anything anything that is ubiquitous you like you everyone like has backlash against it you know what i mean but like in retrospect this it felt like a five-year gap of all this stuff happening it was a year it's absolutely insane and they really went all in like i know their first album sold 20 something million but like so what a lot of people have done it and they haven't done an album within a year again and made a movie about themselves like they were they were all in. Mm. Mm. And, and like you would be because truly these were just five normal girls that were given that opportunity and suddenly like on a pedestal and they knew how to fucking make it work. They like did. that's yeah. truly, truly, truly why we got all of the um, like brand deals that we got and we got all of the marketing. And it is really interesting to talk about the relationship between like the commercialization of the Spice Girls and the Spice Girls' music because- it, it, when you bought like the CD, you weren't buying the music. You were buying it because like you're obsessed with them and you're obsessed with girl power. Yeah. Um, but I think um, also Xander, like it's it's interesting you talk about that because they did cop a little bit of backlash with the phrase girl power from like smaller circles because what they were ultimately doing was taking this term that was like coined in the sort of like pop punk scene. Yeah. Um, that was really pushing sort of like feminist agendas um and by taking that and putting it on a world stage and putting it on an umbrella which a kid can buy they kind of like they, they were criticized for like essentially dumbing it down and and profiting off of it mm. which well, this is well like, like in the 90s i think feminism still was only like one thing to some to people like you couldn't mm. be a feminist and show skin like they had a really primitive kind of concept of what feminism was yeah for sure so for sure, the spice sure. girls kind of really yeah, they really did change it. And I think in just like appealing to these kids, they did so much more good than bad, like from, from the criticism they got at the time. Because what they did was basically tell all of these kids, hey, go out into the world and embrace your individuality and be as loud as you fucking want to be and oh, want to be um, and just fucking <laughs> make your mark on the world because that is going to get you to whatever you want to do. Yeah. And that in itself was so much more like impactful than, you know, the criticisms they got. But yeah. the, the, the double standards were still there though. Like, as you said mm. before about pinching Prince Charles in the bum, maybe the Royal is not the right person to do it to, but you know, like how many women were being pinched on the bum in the office every single day. And suddenly it's Fuck, like yeah. for but a woman to do it to a man. What's interesting is that, mm. is that like, that's them being authentic though. And I think part of what made mm. the Spice Girls work and part of what, uh, got them to this amount of fame because they weren't ever given any like training that, you know, they, they weren't prepped yeah. like, like artists usually are when they're discovered. They, um, they'd never gone through that, um, typical record label process of, of nurturing an artist and developing them into what they kind of want to make money. They never had that. They blew up, um, and they blew up being authentic and people reson mm. people resonated with that. Sorry, that resonated with people. And I honestly think that's what car carry them along. And that's why they're still iconic today because there's so many other groups that come out now that are so manufactured and so lifeless because mm. they're trying to replicate mm. this formula that yes. that was mm. made on authenticity. You, you, you will never replicate the Spice Girls. No, I agree with your points and about their like um, authenticity and that's and that being why they succeeded. Because obviously like there wasn't, like girl groups weren't a thing before that besides like fucking like Bananarama. And so yeah. 
the idea that like people they wanted like when they were working with management management wanted to like make them wear all the same clothes mm -hmm. and have like one lead singer and all of that and just like rebelling against that it was so good that they actually did rebel against that and stand their ground because ultimately like who they were was what people wanted to see in the fucking spotlight yeah and so, so yeah. and like and this wasn't even it wasn't even them that uh that coined their names um like sporty spice or, or baby spice it was actually it was a reporter i'm pretty sure but the fact no you know what it was it was smash hits magazine yes, yes. and they just made oh, like a, yeah. they made like a really cute like little like like um what do you call it drawing yeah of just them on a spice rack yeah <laughs> and then just pen their names but that that was <laughs> ultimately crazy. ultimately that one thing has attributed to attributed them to their success now because mm. you, yes. you could relate to each and every one of them through that mm. well and also like a lot of groups didn't have individual personalities until that point yeah. like I got such a strong sense of who they were versus like the Backstreet Boys were the big at the time. And I'm like, there's a blonde one and there's one with a beard and mm. kind of, you know, like that was their trope. Yeah. And like, you can also think about like sync where like clearly these people kind of look a bit different, but Justin's clearly being pushed as the lead. And so- Slightly different shades of white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Remember, if you want more Pivotal Pop, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Pivotal Pop Podcast. Clearly, we've talked a lot about just the legacy of the Spice Girls and everything. Let's talk about the actual album and the music. I want to know what you guys think, because obviously I love it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I certainly, it, it, it does feel like Spice 2.0. Like it, it mm. honestly is Spice 2.0, but not in a bad way. I feel like it's replicated that album um, with all its good and it has got a, a bit of a sophistication to it that the first album didn't, um, which I mm. really appreciated. Um, I don't really have anything bad to say about it, to be honest. I, I, like, I love pretty much every song on there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because it I, is a perfect album. It, <laughs> but it sold 14 million copies for a reason. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, um, I think it, you're so right. It's such a sequel album. And I think even the singles are kind of almost sequels to um, singles from the first album. But as mm. I said before, it just took everything amazing and elevated the shit out of it. Like this, I forget how good the non-singles are on this album. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they very much perfected their craft with this one, which is so interesting because it's not even like they worked with a bunch of different producers. Like they just like the credits on this album are a handful of people and they're the same people that were in the first like album as well. Um, and yeah, it just sounds like they just got a little bit more mature. They kind of knew what they, what made them good. You know what they did on this album, which they um, didn't do on the first one, was lean a lot into Emma having sort of lead vocals. Yeah. Um, I think they probably realized yeah. that she, like her voice is like super angelic and just and they like let that run the choruses. Which side note, she's actually my favorite voice. I know Mel C is like the strongest and stuff, but mm. I look back and I think, oh my god, all those moments and songs. I like her vocals, like to become one. Mm. She's got this beautiful like breathy kind of ethereal voice on ballads. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't, you I couldn't have agree a more. Well, my dad actually messaged me recently uh, and said that uh, Baby Spice and Sporty Spice are his favourites. Um, I have to say that like there's something about Mel C's voice that really gets me and even in, in her solo work as well. I think that she has a really commanding voice that 
fucking draws you in. And I, I can't mm. say that as much about the others. Um, I don't think anyone's a bad singer. I just think Mel C is a bit uh, leagues above the others for me. Well, I mean, she always gets like the, the big moments, like the, yeah. you know, who do you think mm. you are? The final chorus elevated. Like she's the one you kind of take kind of like away the, from the, the side. Yes. In, in throughout the song as well. It's always her. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I think Emma's like, Emma has the most moments for me where I'm just like, like, and this is a really fucking random reference, but the the pre-chorus in Saturday Night Divas, where she's like, you're a twisted lover. It's just like the way she goes between those notes it, and it's just so beautiful. And, and the production on that is so good. Like it just, to me that like, I get goosebumps when I hear it because it's just, it's, it's put together in the most beautiful way possible. Yeah. But I agree yes. that Mel C gets her moments. I love her belt too much um, at the end of too much. And I will say I went to the fucking 2019 Spice World reunion tour six times and she did not hit that note once. Oh she my took God. The fucking no. down and I got sad every time uh, thinking that maybe this was the show. She would, she would reach and get that note, but no. Like, oh I think just, they should have just got it to lip sync it. Like, come on. I know. Lord knows. Yeah. Who's, Lord your, knows favorite, Jerry was. who's your favorite Spice Girl? Like, who's the one you resonate with? Um, I, I truly think that throughout my whole life, I have resonated with all of them. I think that like, <laughs> no, truly, truly. I see myself I think in that, each like, and every one. <laughs> I know I really do. I think as a, okay, as a kid, I really saw myself as Sporty Spice because yeah. I think I was just a boy. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to like this group, I'm, I better like the yeah, fucking mask like, one. Yeah, like the, the mask girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think in my life now, I, I think a few years ago, I was probably really like in my ginger moment. I think now I'm really in my like baby moment. Yeah. So I think it'd be baby. What about you? <laughs> I was, I, I, oh, I was um, going to say, I started as um, a Mel B like big fan. That was my first album vibe. I mm. just thought she was just so cool and spunky and I liked the animal prints and stuff like that. But yeah. then eventually I think, but like baby's my favorite voice. She's just kind of my vibe. I like the sweet mm. sort of side to her. I have and will always be posh. Yeah, that yeah. makes that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes <laughs> so fucking hard. <laughs> like literally got even a chaotic when, top energy. <laughs> even when I was um a little kid, it was always posh for me. I I was just like, oh, I just loved her. And look, it's probably a precursor of me coming out. I just thought the way she dressed and the way she was was just so amazing. Um, and she re- mm, reminded yes. me a lot of my auntie. My auntie used to kind of like dress and uh, like her. And I used, to, I used to always put on my auntie's heels and like in my head, I was like, I'm Posh Spice. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's so, so cute. And and like, it just goes to show that uh, she came out and had the, the, the strongest solo record that was paid dust. And I resonate with that because people <laughs> pay me dust. So shut the fuck <laughs> up. I will say, I will say though, um, if you guys rewatch the movie Spice World, um, Every single line that Victoria says in that movie is laugh out loud fucking oh, yeah. funny. Hilarious. Like I, she's got a great sense of humor, doesn't she? She's so funny. She's so <laughs> yeah. funny. Interview, like she's so dry and quick and witty. Like if you watch an interview with her, she's just like so fucking fast with her responses. No, she's great. Um, I watch her on uh, Andy Cohen's um, talk show that he does and she's bloody hilarious. Yeah. And I feel like she really played up with um, the more people said she couldn't sing or there were all these negative things. She would play it up even more. Like she was the original kind of joker. Yeah. A hundred percent. There, um, I think she said it, she said a quote in something where she was like, they used to turn my microphone yeah. off and I'd just be lip syncing. And then Mel C came out this year and was like, that's a fucking lie. Yeah. 
<laughs> she was like, she was, I know why Victoria always says that because she has a lovely voice, but that literally never happened. Um, did they really turn Posh's mic off? No. <laughs> She said that, didn't she? She did. Yeah, she, honestly, she really makes me mad when she says this because she's got like, she really doesn't have any confidence in her vocal ability. I will say Victoria like has really, really incredible like moments vocally as well. I love her um, pre-chorus on Say You'll Be There. I know that's not this album, but like that's yeah. a highlight oh, yeah. of like all Spice Girls vocals to me. Well, I love her in Holla when she's like, Holla, holla. Holla, holla. Don't say holler in front of Ed. I know, he's going to be tricky. But there's a bit in there where Actually, he's like belting and I love it. Can I, can I take this moment to address the holophant in the room? <laughs> I'll keep Go. it quick. I'll keep it quick. So the reason I have a problem with holler, and I know there's going to be a lot of stands out there who are going to be pissed at me, and I don't acknowledge forever for the same reason, is I feel like the best thing about the Spice Girls was their Britishness. Like they're married footballers, they wear Union Jack dresses, they appear on AbFab and they say things like Ninga. And suddenly mm -hmm. you give them a Dark Child song, which every Tom, Dick and Brandy was singing in the late 90s. Brandy? And How dare you? No, I love you? Brandy. But I mean, like, everybody was singing. That, like, no, that was Child. so funny. That was and so funny. I feel funny, like yeah. it really lost their identity. And, like, outside of gay Twitter, this song has not been mentioned in 20 years. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. it slaps every time. <laughs> Alrighty, I am so excited to, the, to play this game. I had so many ideas for what I was going to do, but I've settled on this one. The game is called Stop Right Now, Thank You Very Much. Oh and God. the way that this game works is I'm going to list a series of things in the span of 30 seconds, and it's up to you to try and guess what the umbrella thing is for all of those items. So, for example, if I was to say stop headlines you would say spice girl songs that didn't get to number one. <laughs> oh, i'm gonna be so bad at this no you're gonna be good it's oh, gonna be so no. much fun okay so all of the all of the umbrella subject headings um are to do with the spice girls in okay. one way or another so let that be the the guiding light okay all right let's do that this. makes sense yeah i feel like i fucked up explaining it no that's okay no, more fun you. for the listener <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. please, please edit that so that I sound very coherent. Uh, yeah, I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The first one. Flow. Girls Aloud. Little Mix. Sugar Babes. Sander. Stop. I oh, sorry. Yeah, I said my name. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Neither neither of you said stop right now. Thank you very much. That is oh, well, insane. I stop right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> and it's up to you. <laughs> I'm going to say the girl groups that have cited them as influencers. Not quite. I was just going to so say girl groups. I want to, I, I need it to be more specific than just girl groups. Okay. Keep going. Girl groups that have covered them before live. No. Can we unstop and you keep saying things? I can, but I'll need to look up more. Oh, <laughs> it... oh no. So say them again. Say them again. Okay. So flow. Flow. Girls Aloud. Yeah. Little Mix. Uh-huh. Sugar Babes. Xander. The Saturdays. Oh, is it, yes. Is, is, stop. Sorry, stop right now. Stop. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Xander. Is it, do they all have the same manager, Simon Fuller? No. Okay. Well, that, was that a good oh, guess? No. <laughs> the next one would be All Saints. Oh, stop now. Oh, now, Dan yeah. has got an answer. Are they all girl groups Go. that have gone number one in the UK? 
not number one. Yeah, I was oh. gonna say because Flo wouldn't have done that. They're just all British um, girl groups. I'll keep going. Yes. Oh yes. yes! Oh. <laughs> I am oh my god, we were going. <laughs> Y'all were doing dances correct. around it. <laughs> well done, Xander. Is that the intro of Holler? <laughs> oh god, a mess. Uh, yeah, okay. No, I think I get the game now. Okay, let's go to the next one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all British gold groups, of course, because they yeah. paved the way. I, I'm so the sorry next... for everyone listening that it went so long. We're we're not meaning to be dumb. We just are. <laughs> okay, the next one. Ready? Harper. Brooklyn. Thank you very much. Ed, it's Ed, Damn. it's Ed, it's Ed, it's Ed. Names of the kids? Yes! Ding, 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 ding. They are the names of Victoria's children. Yeah, also Brooklyn's a bay, by the way. Um, but- yeah, he's very <laughs> oh, he's, oh, he's your That is correct, Shorty. That is correct, Shorty. <laughs> Guys, I'm not allowed to agree because I will go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready for the next one? Yes. It's tied now. <clears throat> Thank you for saying that. I didn't know. I didn't know how to count. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay, let's go. Aprilla, Asda, Walker's Crisps. Xander. Stop right now. Right oh, damn it. I keep forgetting to say that. Technically, <laughs> know, so it's, come on. It's Ed. It's Ed. Oh. There's like sponsorship opportunities. Yes. It is the brands that the Spice Girls collaborated with. That is correct, shorty. <laughs> I'm annoyed because usually in the games we play on my radio show work and we have to say our name as the buzzer and I'm being thrown. We get it. You're on radio's end. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> I was also too dancer if anyone didn't know. So. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> okay, so it's two to one. The next one. <clears throat> Finish her. <laughs> Overload. In and out of love, never be the same again. I turn to you. Xander, uh, thank you very much. Xander. Are these all Mel C songs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Correct, shorty. Yeah, yeah. All songs by the iconic Sporty Spice. Oh, my God. The voice. (laughs) The voice. Okay. Wow. It's literally to all. This is very exciting. (laughs) Okay. And this is the final round. Are you both ready? Literally wins it all. So, okay. Dancing with the Stars US. The UK. It is Mel B because she competed and judged on it. Wait, say that again, Xander. It's Mel B because she competed on it and judged on the X Factor. Mel B, what? What do you mean, Mel B, what? Well, I, I like what. What are, what are all these? What are, what's the category that oh, all these things? They fall are under? reality TV shows. She was on. Yes, these are all well reality done. shows. She was a panelist on. Oh my god! Well done, Xander. Thank I also you. had the Mars Singer AU in there, and oh, America's Got Talent, and I, the X Factor Australia. I never doubted. She's myself. bloody good at that. Oh, I know. I was thinking that when I was watching the Mars Singer this season, I was just like. You'd think that, like, she wouldn't find something yeah. she's as good at after the Spice Girls, but truly she, like, became a solo icon doing those shows. But you just know and on The Masked so... Singer that she has a list of Australian artists that uh, she has never heard of in front of her. That she can... Oh, for sure. <laughs> she has mm. to what read out. What about her is, like, 
how the fuck is she so relatable when she's on TV? Like she is oh. a squillionaire. She's been famous for, you know, almost 30 years. She's so likable. She's gone through a mm, lot of hardship truly. though. And I think that really yes. grounds her and it's brought her back down to earth. And it's very relatable to uh, us paupers who also have hardship because we're poor. You are referring to her Jenny Craig sponsorship, aren't you? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Times were tough. Oh God. Alrighty, let's get into the singles. So the first single, which was released on the 13th of October, 1997, was Spice Up Your Life. Uh, You're so right in that, like, these these songs are just, like, 2.0s of their predecessor because this is Wannabe 2.0 for sure. Oh, It really is. Absolutely. There's, there's like, little bits, like, like, um... I don't know, like it kind of, if it's nonsense in the same way that Nonabe, Wannabe is. Sorry, yeah. Nonabe. Mm. <laughs> but I wrote that down in, yeah, my, for in sure. my notes as well. I was like, perfect lead single, uh, Wannabe 2.0. Wasn't as iconic as Wannabe though. Um, and I think what is uh, pretty pivotal about this being the lead single is that it only charted at number 18 in the US, as opposed to Wannabe's success on the previous album. But it was a smash everywhere else, pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder, I always wonder about the US and their charting because it seems like the like the Spice Girls themselves and the brand of Girl Power was so ubiquitous and that's why they're sort of like cemented in history. Is that but the word of the day today? Think, ubiquitous? I was going to say it's the third time, yeah. I think. I'm not going to lie, I don't know what it means. phrased. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it just means like everywhere or like constantly. Okay, like you can't Thank escape you. it. I just exposed myself as a dumbass. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb spies. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that like obviously, wannabe was like number one everywhere around the world. But I think that that was the case because that was the thing to buy. Mm. So even though Spice Up Your Life wasn't number one and didn't really have that much of an impact on the charts in the US, I still think that they were like constantly around and constantly being spoken about, regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I. I- I'm probably going to say it's like now it's not my favorite Spice Girls song, but I would be lying to your faces right now if I told you that it wasn't my favorite song for like six months. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. I'll, distinct, I'll buy that. I have distinct memories of uh, watching the music video as a five-year-old in um, our, our old, 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 old house. Um and that that's my memory of the song is just watch it. It was it was they were on like kind of like futuristic um vehicles. Yeah. They? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my that's like yeah, my it was kind memory. Of like spacey theme. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, Ed, you're squinting, but like I, I this is my favorite music video of all time. Like I can't what? I know, I know, I know, I know. And it's purely nostalgia for me. I do think it is a good video though. Just it is. Mind oh my you. god. Hayden, it's my third favorite video. Oh, of wow. This album. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck off. <laughs> they only made three real ones. Like, the masterpiece, I think that, that was, was too much. ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> no, too much was like, too much was half an ad for the fucking movie because it was intercut with all the spy, like scenes from Spice yeah. World. Um, <laughs> Look, that was the one that was not beating it. But I just yeah. remember it being a bit like tacky and stupid. And I don't know. Mm. Really? Yeah. I was like, so I think for me, I didn't like, I didn't have, like, I wasn't just constantly was sort of watching video hits or rage at the time. And I don't think we had fucking MTV. So like I had one VCD, if you fucking remember what those are, <laughs> yes. um, which, which I'm sure my like mom got at fucking Patty's market somehow. Um, and it just had like four fucking music videos on it and spice up your life was one of them. And I watched that 
on repeat just over and over and over again and there was something about like all the little easter eggs of like the like logos with all their faces on it that yeah. just like it made me feel like i was finding something and like not being told something very taylor swift isn't it very taylor swift yeah, yeah. uh the critics uh were very mixed on the single though um but uh, there, there was actually some uh negative comments on its latina influence uh, but I didn't oh, mind yeah. it. I didn't really understand those critiques. Um, I thought. In what it, way was was it seen as negative? Like, was it? Oh, they of, they uh, they uh, thought it was a bit of a uh, in your face a mess. I don't think it was a mess. What I do think is that I like the song, by the way. I do think it's a tad juvenile in the way that Wannabe yeah, was. was. Just it just didn't have the charm that Wannabe had. Um, so I think that mm. everyone. Uh, well, the critics kind of knew that it was almost a replication of, of the first single, um, mm, but yeah. it just didn't have the same charm. But it's not a bad song. You, it's it's interesting, though, because um, it's interesting that they felt they need to replic- the need to replicate Wannabe because obviously Wannabe was released because it was essentially like them literally through the music video barging into the world and barging in mm. front of us. They invented and so, that way of uh, filming music videos, by the way. That was the first time that ever oh, happened. Well, that's what they did too. Yeah. A one fucking take video. Yeah, they they invented that. Oh my god! Do you god. not know that? Isn't amazing. They should. Uh, that's incredible. fucking incredible. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's interesting that they felt the need to like reintroduce, like to do another song where they introduced themselves. Mm. Um. Because everyone already knew who they were. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We had on the fifteenth of December, nineteen ninety-seven. Too much. Too much of something is bad. This, I think, would be my favourite Spice Girls song of all time. Oh, really? I love that you think yeah. that. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't know exactly what it is. I just think it is so beautiful. I think it is probably their most sophisticated mm. song across all their albums. Um, mm-hmm. oh, and it's, I, 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 I honestly, I can't put my finger on why I love it so much. But I, I, I think maybe... Now it gives me a lot of nostalgia. He's got the bloody singles. You are yeah, such I mean, a stand. I, I realize for I those realize listening, he's holding up the actual singles CD. You got to do it for the first one. Oh I'm gonna, God. I'm gonna do it throughout the episode. <laughs> but like, I just remember that song being out at the age of five or six, and it being accompanied with the movie and and the music video and i don't know if it just brings me back to like when i was a kid it makes me feel all those things but i honestly i just think it's a gorgeous song i think it's them showing uh the better side of all of themselves as, as artists not girl group mm-hmm. not not a girl group they're like that is really showcasing them as artists and songwriters um mm. i really really love it um, it was also, yeah. interestingly, their last top 10 in the US, chart at number nine. Oh, no. Okay. Mm. Zandy, I'm living for I, I actually didn't expect you were going to love this. And um, yeah. I'm so glad you do. I think there's a real tendency to overlook their ballads because they're not really famous for them as much as they are the bangers. Yeah. And Two Become One and Too Much are just such beautiful, beautiful songs. Um, I think the outro of Too Much is one of my favorite moments, moments yeah. in Spice Girls history. 
Mm, yeah, for sure. And it was a sure. Christmas number one, their second Christmas number one in a row. Yeah. And you know what? Like this, and this is why this is to become one 2.0, right? Because they were like, well, we got a Christmas number one last year with to become one. We know that a ballad's going to hit the number one spot at the end of the yeah. year. Fucking Spice World, the movie comes out on Boxing Day. This is the first song of the movie. This is the introduction of the movie. Like yeah. it just, all the pieces fell into place for, for this song. Um, Perfect market. And I agree. I like it just, Xander, hearing you sigh in, like talking about the song in, in such a positive way. I, I fully like, I fully relate to it because this, the second the, like the first note hits, mm. the production is so lush. It's so rich. It's so beautiful. Yeah. The, 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 the melodies on this are beautiful. The harmonies on this are beautiful. It's obviously being dominated by Emma's angelic fucking vocals. Yeah. Like yes. it just doesn't get, more perfect than this. It, no, it honestly wise. doesn't. And it really, and I honestly say this like from my heart, it brings me back to some really happy, happy memories being a kid um, growing up. Um, and, oh God, I feel myself getting emotional about it. Isn't that so crazy? Oh. <laughs> I literally feel like, no, it just really brings me back to a very happy time in my life. Um, yeah, it just makes me feel very, very nice when I hear it. Yeah. I actually saw this film in the cinemas. Um, we used to call them the talkies back then or moving pictures. Um, and <laughs> this was actually the song. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Um, this was actually the song that I loved the most in the movie. It is, it is the song, though, isn't it? It is. Are you crying? No, I just had to blow my nose. Oh, Sorry, okay. I went on mute. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. It, 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 it makes sense. Like, if you can imagine, like, I don't know how fucking long ago you saw the movie. It starts off with this, like, like this colorway of, like, green, like bright green and orange. And it's the Spice Girls just sort of, like, waving their arms up as they're introduced through the opening credits. And then it goes into them performing at Top of the Pops. It is a fucking movie opener. Like, <laughs> so good. Mwah, 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 mwah. Chef's kisses. <laughs> All round. Chef kiss. I, I look. I don't think there's any more we can say. It's a ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? It, what? Those listening right now, I'm talking to you. Pause us and go and listen to too much. <laughs> yeah. Really, if you're gonna listen to anything from this album after this, listen to too much because it is the song that gets overlooked. Yeah. And like, also, there's gonna be another ballad that we talk about in a little bit, which is is praised higher. But too much is fucking wonderful. Let's move on to the third single. <laughs> <laughs> The third single coming out on the 9th of March, 1998 was Stop. Very interestingly, this is the only song of theirs, uh, pre-revival, that never hit number one in the UK. Only I hit know. number one. I hate that fact. I know, I know that fact and I hate that fact. It's so awful. Because correct me if, don't, don't correct me, but disagree with me if you will. <laughs> Um, I think this song probably has the most longevity out of all the singles on the album. No, I totally it, agree. It, it does. It, yeah. it, like you have data to back that up because it is the song aside from Wannabe that streamed the most. Right. Like people fucking love this song. I can't and believe also, this is the The Corrie. Yes. Yeah. It has the Corrie. Guys, do you know what this was kept off number one by? It's Like That by Run DMC, which begs the question, do straight people deserve to live? <laughs> yes, they Fuck do. That. Yes, they do, That's but they so deserve bad. to be punished. I actually don't oh, even I'm just know how joking. that song goes. I don't even actually know how that song goes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh god. Well, we're not doing that in another episode. That's for sure. Who was DMC? I thought Run DMC. They boy. No, Run DMC is no. that brand you can buy in H and M. 
<laughs> I, it's, it breaks my heart this miss number one because I feel I, I, I could be the most deserving number one single they've had in terms of like what it was supposed to do couldn't agree more I can't believe mama and let love lead the way got number ones but this didn't it just doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> and only 16 in the US but like to be quite honest um so it's so British we got to remember as well that the US just doesn't kind of... react to that kind of music like historically, yeah. Oh, Hayden's now holding up this single of Sop. He's got two copies and, of and, it. And my little, and my little um, demo copy of it. <laughs> oh, you got. Oh my God, he's got a demo as well. I, I love that you have all this merch, but I worry if you bank account. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. I should be. <laughs> Too much of something is bad enough, Hayden. <laughs> uh, but all round, yeah. no, all I round, say... great song. All round, great. I can't song. say anything bad about it. Like it, like it. It's the funnest song. To come on at a club, like I, I, I of the yeah. Spice Girls discography, even funner than Wannabe because it's so oh, exciting to be. Oh, I don't like when Wannabe's, be... Wannabe's put on in a club. It annoys me. Yeah, neither do I. I don't really oh, like really? that song, to be yeah. Oh, it's fun for me, but I, but yes, I, I know what you mean. Stop is way more fun because it's kind of like if you if you know the Cory, you can lock eyes with someone and and fucking do it at the same time. Like that's that's a wonderful moment. Actually, my favorite song to come on in a club that Spice Girls is um, uh, who do you think you are? Oh, oh it, yes, goes it goes yeah, off. It's amazing. It off. goes off. Yeah. You get the fucking poppers out when Who Do You Think You Are comes on. I am coming on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, but the bar, the is bar a... stuff always steal my poppers. I'm like, oh, it's for the night. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, just while we're on the topic of Spice Girls and clubs, my favorite moment ever at a, at a club was when I was like on a gap year after high school. Um, and I had never heard Spice Girls in a club before. I think maybe it was just like, it was too new to be considered nostalgic to be played at a club and yeah. then obviously too old. Um, but I went to G-A-Y in London, which is this prominent gay club there. And I was there with my friend and we were kind of just like having a bit of a shitty day because we'd paid entry to this place and I wasn't really vibing. Um, and so we just sort of like get up, we're about to leave. And then Say I'll Be There comes on. It is the first time oh. I've ever heard the Spice Girls in a club. I literally rush out. I grab my friend, <laughs> we've got a drink. We, we just dance like our fucking asses off in, this, in the middle of this London club. Mean Girls, for some reason, is playing on the fucking TV. It's, tr it's truly just one of the most euphoric moments of my life that I just like can't get out of my brain. I like <laughs> Also that. one of their best songs. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. their best song. Actually, speaking yeah, of that- Yeah, I actually probably think it's their best song. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I know this isn't the album we're talking about, but uh, Say You'll Be There has- uh, it's it's been titled as the perfect pop song, and they actually study it in universities because mm, it has should. it has the perfect formula. And just going back to too much for a second, uh, what say you'll be there did is also what too much did in terms of the lead singles uh, being this in your face, uh, almost juvenile uh, pop record. What those two songs did was that it pulled everyone back in. It, it sophisticated them up. It showed different sides of the group because you just can't have like songs like spice up your life, then stop like back to back. you got to have some leaps and bounds there. And those two songs, yeah. what I think is what gave both albums longevity uh, and the group yeah. longevity as hit makers, because um, it wasn't just gimmicky all the time. They actually had substance behind the songs. Mm. You know, even though I lived during this era, I didn't actually remember too much being the second singles. So when we were prepping this episode, I remembered the four singles. And I was like, hang on a second. There weren't two ballads in a row. So I actually needed a refresher. 
which mm. it's weird. Yeah, I I don't remember the the way that they sort of came out at the time. I just actually assumed that they would have followed the exact same formula as the first album, so it would have gone spice up your life, stop too much, and then um fever because that's like in the order of the track list how they did it last. Oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, the fourth single released on the 20th of July, 1998, was Viva Forever. Uh, Not my favorite Spice Girls single, I'm not going to lie. Wow. (laughs) I think it's a very nice song. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint you after my very popular takes on the last few. But yeah, not not my <laughs> it's not my favorite one. Yeah, I, I think it's a very nice song. That's fair. Yeah. I, yeah, it's fair enough. I think because I lived through this and what happened with Jerry leaving, um, this was my favorite Spice Girls song for about probably five or ten years, I reckon. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, really it was good. like it was a real fucking moment. Um I think like the instrumentals and the guitars and their voices, it's all just perfect. And then that cheap video with the Bratz dolls works even better oh my because gosh. of what we were going through at the time. Oh my God, 100%. Also, it is actually wild that the song kind of did work thematically with Jerry leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? Like, what, but is that just like it wasn't meant to happen? No, and then she left. No, because they actually no. they actually had the music video planned like five months in advance. It took them five months to actually make the music video with all like that um claymation or whatever the hell they did. Um, so it you was mean wow. these, yeah. <laughs> As he holds up the single for Viva Forever, um, so it was oh already it was the fairies. It was actually going and to your be your coming out story would have been very short oh with all these collections. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, just me, just presenting this to my mum, being like, "Hi, mum." Um, <laughs> the song was actually meant to be released as a double A side, Viva Forever, and with Never Give Up on the Good Times. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a great choice. I know. So it's yeah. very much the mama slash who do you think you are, like yeah. A side, B side, smash hit combo of this album, yeah. which would have been so fucking incredible if Jerry was still in the band. I will say, I think that that single choice of those two makes so much sense together. But obviously, yeah. given no, the story. I, actually, I have to disagree because. I, I don't know why they couldn't have released it anyway. I get maybe because... Oh, yeah, as in like a fifth single. The, the, oh, the, yeah. theme, the theme of... Uh, I'm going to play it again. Like, never give up, give up on the good times. You could have released Viva Forever and this at the same time, both giving two sides... Um, of Jerry's departure. Mm. One that it's sad that she's going. Think... Another one, never give up on the good times. Let's move forward. I reckon you're mm. overestimating like people's probably emotional, like how they would have dealt with it. They were expecting a ballad, and I think that they just wanted to give the people what they wanted. Yeah, that's fair. yeah. That's also, fair. people were fucking sad. This this was yeah. a thing that really, really like shocked the world and like had people fucking like crumbling. Have you ever had yeah. a moment where like you were a, a stand, a, a, such a stand of a of a group, and then one of them left? Um, every Sugar Babes lineup for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and the departure song, About You Now, About You Now. <laughs> oh, we barely knew them. Uh, I don't think I've had that with any groups. Mm. I don't think I've had that with anyone, really. 
I very much had that with Zayn leaving One Direction. That that was a mm. that was a huge moment for me. I've never been um, like a stan of a group though. There's never been a group that I've like really really loved. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I like groups, mm. but um, I've I've always just kind of been um a solo artist boy, and they're all still making music, so I'm happy jappy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so incomparable, isn't it? Like, Hayden, I know you're the biggest little mix stand in the world, but like people talk about Jesse leaving, and it's like that is like f- fucking nothing compared to what. No, like, I think I think Jerry leaving was on the news as much as Princess Di dying. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to think as well. Like, it was so unexpected because of how much success they'd had. No one would be, like you wouldn't even anticipate anyone leaving because they were just so successful. And 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 more so than that, right? Like these five girls were known because of their friendship together. Yeah. Like that was, that was almost more important than um, like the music itself. Mm. The death of a dream. Yeah. And like the, like they were known, like not necessarily for their music as as much as they were known for like storming onto a fucking top of the pop set with the five of them and, and, or outnumbering any sort of like male interviewer that would ask them sexist questions. And so suddenly when, when you lose one of them, you start to sort of like unpack and unravel sort of what you've been marketed this whole time, which is Friends stick together. Friends never leave each other. They're in it till the end. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Which is why, which is why this would have just shocked everyone and had fucking school kids freaking out. Mm. <laughs> Hayden, question for you: How do you think we'd be talking about Viva Forever, or how do you think the impact would be if Jerry didn't leave during that time? And do you think it still would have been a good single? Oh, it's I hard to say. I reckon. I reckon. Uh, never give up. Give up on the good times would have been a bigger single. Definitely. Yeah. I th- yeah. I would agree. I think I, I I would agree. I think that like um the ballads because like the the ones that they've released in their entire career have tended to come out around Christmas, and I think that's like a tactical decision that they've made. Yeah. And obviously, the Spice Girls' legacy is their like fun, brazen attitude. So I reckon that if Jerry was still in the band, I agree with Zand. I think Never Give Up on the Good Times would have been a stronger single, and done better. Mm. I look, I know I said the song's not necessarily my favorite. I do think it is a beautiful song. The critics also agreed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the critic spice. <laughs> oh, they're killing me today. Um, they also they compared it to um, Madonna's work, actually, which I thought was a pretty fun fact. Um, and it was originally titled, and I'll oh, forgive me, I'm going to botch this uh, Obrigado which means thank you in Portuguese. Uh, and they later confirmed that most of the lyrics were mainly penned by Jerry, which is mm. an added little oh, bonus wow. there. Yeah. Mm. Well, Jerry was sort of the known like lyricist of the group. Like really? she was the one that could always, yeah. Like she was the one that could always kind of sort of come up with the words. I think the, the, like the anecdote is like, she always was really good with lyrics. Elsie was really good with melodies um, Mel B was really good at like ad libs and coming up with hooks. Mm. Um, and Posh was can't remember what good. Victoria and Emma did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Oh wow, that's really interesting. I actually don't have anything interesting to say. <laughs> Sorry, I, just I, to- <laughs> I mean, I yeah. Look, all I'll say is I think that this song is really, really, really beautiful. I think that it fully stands the test of time. Like we've we've talked a lot about some songs um, on this podcast that just clearly have aged fucking horribly. Mm-hmm. I think that like a lot, like essentially all of the Spice Girls' discography. Yeah, I'll say that. I think all of the Spice Girls' <laughs> discography has aged really well, but I think more so, like this song specifically has aged beautifully. I think that like 
the 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 melodies and the backing vocals are like so beautiful yeah like mel b has a really low like oh which like is just really haunting oh, and sets gorgeous. a wonderful yeah. like wonderful tone um but yeah like yeah i, I would it's, say it's so that the 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 single that hasn't aged as well as the others is definitely spice up your life out of all of them totally stop, stop has longevity mm. uh too much will always be st- like loved and, and and it doesn't sound too old when you listen to it now but uh, yeah viva forever kind of in the same light as too much to be honest they just they won't ever fully age i don't think yeah the thing about spice up your life though is like i can't imagine any other song uh, i mean maybe stop but um, I can't really imagine any other song apart from that being a lead single. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Never Give Up on the Good Times could have been a good lead single, I think. Like, considering it wasn't even made a single, it feels like a big risk. Um, but it is bloody catchy. Yeah, it's fucking catchy. It, it is the Say will Be There 2.0, I think, because it has yeah. that sort of, like, pan fucking flute section in the bridge, which is so clearly meant to, like, replicate the harmonica moment in Say will Be There. Um yeah, I think I the the start of it like the brown ticket brown ticket like it's just so interesting that I think oh, it's like cool. it's it's, yeah. it's like a it's like a wow Kylie moment to just be like what the fuck is this gonna be yeah. yes. Really <laughs> All right, now it is time for us to decide our own singles rollout. Now we, I'm not gonna lie, we had a little discussion before we recorded this podcast because I was, mm. I was kind of like, I don't think I want to change it. And Hayden and Ed, you both agreed. Yeah. I don't think we want to change. Well, well, over. well, 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 <laughs> let's, let's get one thing fucking straight. I, I shared the same sentiment in that I would struggle to change it because I do think it's a perfect singles rollout. Yeah. What I wanted to do was add a lot more. Okay. Yes. We, we, yes. But we're not going to do that because you would add the entire album. <laughs> yeah, totally. Though I actually reckon there's 10 songs on this album, right? And there's probably eight potential singles. And I think mm-hmm. the only song that I skip is, I can't even remember the name of it. What is it? Oh, it's towards the end. Denying. Denying. I can't even remember no. how it goes. Oh my God, I love oh, Denying. No, I, love, I love Denying. I it's love an R&B so moment. I like it. It's everything. Yes, which was the segue to their awful album. Oh, well, you no. just hate R&B. That's what this is. <laughs> Fuck. That is you know not what? true. It's because you're white. And, and Zan <laughs> and I have been the two people of color on this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't have any color in me. Well, maybe I have. Um, I had a little idea for a bit of fun. Um, is that if we had a gun to our head and we had to remove one single from the original rollout, what would we replace it with? Hayden, because you love them so much, you are going to go first. Fuck off. This is annoying. Okay. Um, I The only thing that I think that I can do, because I don't want to, I think the Spice Up Your Life is perfect. I, I, I agree. I think it has to start the album. Too Much is one of my favorite songs ever. I think what I'm going to do is instead of releasing stop, which I know we've just spoken about has longevity and so fucking good. Oh my God. I didn't expect this. I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to take, I'm going to take stop out (gasps) and I'm going to put never give up on the good times in and have it be a disco moment more than a Motown moment. 
And then hey, you should have just told us up front you don't like the Spice Girls. It would have been Fuck! a really quick episode. Oh, no, wow. this is this no no. This is a dumb idea. Mm. I have my ten singles ready to go, <laughs> and then we have to do this stupid game. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know if I can like follow up Grenade Spice there, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> Like, obviously, if they hadn't broken up, I don't think Fever Forever should have been a single. We can't do that. So I'm going to say lead single, stop, then oh. too much. Oh. Then never give up on the good times, then oh. Fever Forever, and oh. then move over. It shouldn't have been a Pepsi song. It's fucking smash. It's oh, my really God, Ed. I, I am. <laughs> sorry, you just said way too much shit that we have to unpack. But just, <laughs> just on fucking move over, I think that move over absolutely should have been its own fucking single. And in fact, a live, what is that CD cover? The, the, the Pepsi, that? the Pepsi move over CDs that they gave out. If you fucking oh, like yeah. got a Pepsi How do you have that? and won the, believe me, I spent a lot on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> when I made my original singles roll out, I had move over slash step to me as a like combined Pepsi song, make it an official moment, make it hit the charts, make it do its thing. <laughs> You don't like that idea, Ed. I don't like um, it either, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have the smartest one out of the th- all of us. So, obviously, Spice Up Your all Life right. for me. It- oh, obviously, Cocky Spice, spice. Up- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, spice Up Your Life, perfectly. Too much perfect follow-up. Stop had to happen. Mm. To finish off, it has to be never give up on the good times. That's a great call. Yeah, it has it's to a good be. Call. It has to be. You take out Viva Forever. It has to be. You never give give up on the good times. I cannot see any other song in this rollout. And I, and this, I'm just because I don't. I think the first three are perfect. Uh, I can't see any mm. other song in this rollout finishing off the album. Um, someone said it's to me, so maybe you put, someone said maybe you should put Ladies of Amp in last. And I was like, fuck no. Oh my Definitely god, I not. love that song. But yeah, I know, but like, it, it deserves to stay on the album and not a single. And also, Saturday Night Divas is a bop, but I wouldn't make oh, a single either. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. But that's how I feel about denying. And so for you to not like denying is I'm taking as a homophobic attack on me. <laughs> it is what? interesting that we all wanted to put Never Give Up on the Good Times in there. It just goes to show that they like they 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 knew they had something really magical with that song. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, boys, so should we give our rating out of 10? Now, I can think I can safely assume what Hayden's is going to be. Why don't you guess? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a 10. Yes, it's a 10. Well 10 across the board, <laughs> darling. 10, 10, 10. 10, 10, 10. There is, um, there's, uh, the, I, I actually can't. I can't fault it. I think that this is a perfect album that was extremely formative to me. And if I can't give this a 10, then I can't give any album that exists a 10. So it's a 10. 10 for Hayden. Ed? I'm giving it a nine. Um, it is so culturally important and so amazing, but I just think there's this, this little thing that's missing that's like, it is just a pop album. Um, nothing wrong with pop, but there's just, I don't know, there's something that stopped me from giving it a 10. I would have to agree. I'm also going to give it a nine because I think it is, the cultural impact it has can't be ignored. Um, I think it is a phenomenal pop album. Um, but I do agree for me as well. There was just, there's something missing there that that's, that's going to push it over the line for me to give it a, a 10 out of 10. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's the fact that um, 
we do tend to judge pop music more harshly than uh, other genres. I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I, it's a phenomenal album with highs all the way along. I, there's not really a low moment on it, uh, which is rare to come mm. by. And um, yeah, I'm really glad that we... we had the chance to do a deep dive because I'd forgotten so much. Yeah. I mean, and don't, okay, don't feel bad that you don't give it a 10 because I think that we should reserve 10s for true. Oh, no, I like, don't. I don't um, at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could give a shit. No. Yeah, no, no I'm like, giving it an like, eight and a half now because of that comment. A, a ten, no, 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 no. A 10 is sacred and there should only be a handful of 10s. And yeah. for me, this Realistically, is. Realistically, we just gave this album 28 out of 30, which mm. is far and beyond a higher score so far of the six albums we've done. That's I gave very it a higher true, score yeah. than Winter Gordon. And I like Winter Gordon more than the Spice Oh, Girls, wow, so. you did too. Yeah. Do you want to retract it or? <laughs> um, no, I don't. Because I think it's correct. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. That's good, correct. Good. <laughs> that oh, is correct, oh. Shorty. That is correct, Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much Gr- for listening this week. Um, this was Pivotal Pop. And we will be back next week with another, uh, with another Pivotal Pop moment. Next week, it is my turn, and I will be delivering an album that I am very, very passionate about, and I know for a fact Hayden has never heard, and I know for a fact Ed discovered this album later in life, and I'm very, very interested to hear what you think, because I have so much to say. It is an R&B artist. They are also from the 90s. Uh, and they also worked with a... Pivotal Pop with Xander, Ed and Hayden. I'm ready. I'm ready for Destiny's Child. The writing's on the wall. Let's do it. <laughs> I said artist. Not <laughs> group. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Remember, if you want more Pivotal Pop, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Pivotal Pop Podcast for the latest updates and some fun extra content. And if you haven't subscribed, do it now. And if you don't, Ed's going to cry, and I don't want to have to deal with that. And if you give us a five-star rating, Hayden will send you his nudes. So it's a win-win situation for everyone. Thanks for tuning in, guys.